0: G'day listeners, Was here coming at you, I'm flying solo today, I've been trusted with the controls of the Tradies in Business podcast plane, uh, I'm going to cut some loop-de-loops and um, do a bit of skywriting while Coxie is <laughs> is not here in the studio, uh, she may regret this decision and, and you might too and I'm not going to disappoint you listeners, I'm coming at you with a mum joke disguised as a dad joke. And uh, many of you will know that I love to climb mountains, but I don't think mountains are really that funny. They're hill areas. Boom, tish. Welcome
1: to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Was and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business.
0: Now, even our guest just rolled her eyes today, listeners, at my joke. So um, I'm just going to jump straight in and welcome Donna McGeorge to the show. Welcome, Donna.
1: Thank you so much. The whole dad joke, mum joke thing, the reason I'm rolling my eyes is partly because I'm going to steal it because my dad loves all that (laughs) sort of stuff. And secondly, it was a classic. It's a (laughs) classic dad (laughs) slash mum joke.
0: Nice one. Classically awful. Thanks, Donna. (laughs) Uh, It's a terrible tradition that Coxie started here some time ago, so uh, I'm not going to be the one to drop it. Now, we're not talking about – Mum jokes, dad jokes, mountains or hills today, although I could do one of my typical segues into mountains and molehills and uh, meetings, Donna. We're going to talk about meetings. Everyone loves a good meeting, don't they?
1: You know, they just don't. Uh, So (laughs) anyone who's listening right now, uh, we are going to talk about meetings. Um, And I do love a good segue, by the way, because for some people, meetings can feel mountainous. Um, Yes. You see Thank see what you. I did in
0: the fire Donna
1: I am I am I'm bringing it um <laughs> but you know I they are a bit of a well for one of a far better turn of phrase bit of a necessary evil we have to have them it's how we get work done it's how we end up collaborating and having the right conversations at the right time but holy cow we're pretty rubbish at them a lot a lot of the time
0: now I so most of our listeners will know that I come from. Well, a non-trade background specifically, I have worked with building companies. I've been a building rep, and so I've been in and around the trades. Um, but I studied business at uni and, and financial planning as a mature age student, and uh, I've run my own businesses, mostly in professional services and advice um, and sales. And so, unfortunately, and I I hate to think about this, this is going to make me sweat, I'm just casting my mind back to think about how many hours I've spent in meetings (laughs) and even worse is how many of those meetings I've walked away from or perhaps even sat during and thought, man, that was a waste of everybody's time, especially mine.
1: You are not alone, my friend. there is um I'm just trying to think of an awkward moment as I try to remember the 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 rule, you know that like um Murphy's law, someone's law, I just can't think of
0: the yeah, law yeah. off the top of my Maybe head it's right Donna's now. Law. We could so,
1: it, we'll, we'll call it Donna's law, law like. for now, but it's the law that says eighty percent of meetings are a waste of time for eighty percent of the participants. Now, I know it bends your head a little bit there, but often when I'm talking to people, I say, you know, what's the quality of your meetings like? And they go, they're great because either they're organising them or they're running them. I say, yeah, but if I ask the other peeps that turn up, is it good for them? Uh, Chances are the answers, 80% of them are going to say no, because they are. And there's two probable reasons for this. One is it's a default setting. You know, we've got to answer a question, let's have a meeting. Um, So that's one of them because there's a gazillion other ways we can do them. And the second one is we just don't run them very well. It's rare that we get training, training in how to do a good meeting. So, um, yeah, a couple of pills to overcome.
0: Oh, this is (laughs) going to be one of those episodes, I reckon, Donna. (laughs) <laughs> so so I'm going to come back at you with, with another one. It's about time we actually told our listeners a little bit more about you and your business, Donna. <laughs> Look, this will make sense uh, in about 30 seconds, listeners, why we yeah, think that's Yeah, it
1: funny. is. <laughs> That's because that's the name of the series of books that I've got, which is called "It's About Time." So, uh, so yeah, it is about time. I think what it is, if I, you know, just seriously, folks, uh, what yes. it is about time for is that we thought more consciously about meetings rather than just doing them all willy nilly, right? So, um, I think this is probably more of an issue, as you say, was in a corporate setting. I see that all the time. The default setting, people pretty much spend nine to five in back to back meetings every week. And and of course, when do they do their quote unquote real work? Um, In the evenings when they should be with their family or they're doing activities that bring them joy, all that sort of stuff, all weekends. And so for me, it's like, we've got to stop that. So I don't know whether that's as much of an issue with tradings. Um, But what I will say is that, you know, anytime you're feeling like I'm, I have not made the best use of my time, it's worth having a look at, is it because you're you're defaulting to going to meetings, or you're spending too much time in meetings?
0: Mm. It's it's definitely, and I'm going to ask you some questions about how you came to be in this business. Our our listeners love to understand who they're listening to on the show. And I think it's something that most of our guests, um, I guess, bring a really awesome backstory. So apologies if I've just set you up for failure there, Donna. Oh, no,
1: I've got quite the backstory. (laughs) Oh, okay, cool.
0: Well, I'm I'm keen to dig into that. Um, But I think a lot of of our listeners and I know a lot of our clients that we work with in in the Tradepreneur Program are afraid of, the time that they think they need to spend in meetings to be a proper business owner, in inverted commas. And when Coxie and I talk to our clients about Uh, you know, people management and doing one-on-ones with staff and performance reviews and uh, director's meetings once a week and uh, all that sort of stuff, you can just see people break into cold sweats and start to have panic attacks about the hours and hours that they're thinking they need to spend in these meetings when the reality is, um, Coxie and I are also big believers that Short, sharp, and punchy, as Coxie often says, is better for everybody. Um, not just because of the time, but I think, and I'm sure you've got some some insights on this as to what comes out of those sessions. So, um, before we dig into, I guess the the specifics, Donna, can you can you give us a bit of your Backstory: Did you used to be a lion tamer or something, or you know, how did you how did you get to be talking about meetings? I mean, it's a pretty riveting. Oh, gee,
1: yeah, I wish I was a lion tamer. Um, <laughs> it's probably more how did I get into the productivity and workplace effectiveness kind of space is probably yeah. really where I think my backstory is more relevant. So I was raised by a navy dad. And so, so a military family, moving around a lot. Um, I went to nine schools in nine years. So I had to be, as growing up, I had to be really good at establishing quality relationships fast, getting up to speed really quickly and getting stuff done. And I was just reflecting uh, with my mum recently about this, around how often we moved house. And she said, yeah, we, we were really good. We didn't have a lot of excess baggage, we, we were really streamlined so because we could move, you know, probably the most frequently it was about once every 18 months we could have done a move. And so, A, you haven't got time to accumulate more stuff in that time, but B, we were really clean about what we would accumulate so we could pack up and move uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's probably one aspect of, you know, I lived a life of efficiency. Uh, my dad's, mo- he's got a couple of very cool mottos in life which have informed a lot of my work, which is... Um, you know, you're always heading for a ship that's sailing. So, from a navy perspective, you got you, you can't, you can't rock up to he finds my world corporate world amazing. You can't rock up to a meeting at five past nine with your latte and your muffin bag and say, "Oh, sorry, I'm late." Uh, if you're going to get on board a ship, right? You just can't be doing that. So that's one of my one of my favorites. And the other one he taught me, and this is quite relevant, I think, generally from a productivity perspective, is. Um, if it's predictable it's preventable and so growing up with all of that meant that I was you know when I'd get jobs I was the one that would just I'd just get through piles of stuff at nine to five Um, and other people would be tearing their hair out running around like chooks with their head cut off and they'd look at me like sometimes they'd accuse me of not having enough to do but i just had the ability to trim the fat, focus on what's important, get it done, and I've been always being one well, of my mates calls me the queen of relaxation. I'm really good at the boundaries of work and always have been, so I can just chill out on a weekend or of an evening or whatever. So that's that's probably it's not quite line tamer, um, but uh, it certainly has informed how I show up now
0: probably got some similarities He's trying to tame time and and oh, you know
1: i was gonna say that but i wasn't sure if that was just gonna be another dad joke thing i'm really i'm not a line tamer a time i'm a tamer. time tamer there you go you can use that if you like don't <laughs> so, uh, hashtag time well, tamer. tamer. i'm so track. stealing it
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to i've been trying to create a viral hashtag for about four years and so far all i've failed to do i mean all i've managed to do is fail miserably so
1: okay well, um, i reckon maybe hashtag time tamer is going to be the one
0: yeah, it could be. Uh, I'll be coming at you for royalties soon. Yeah, you're welcome. You could go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that whole um, getting more done in the nine to five and mm-hmm. and that idea that you don't have enough to do if you've got your veritable stuff together in that period of time sort of leans into something that uh, we were talking about recently, actually, with our tradiepreneur clients is this idea of you know list medals as I refer to it as is people getting a a gold medal for the size of their to-do lists and that there's somehow this idea that if you have a short to-do list then you don't have enough to do as you were saying but also you're not I guess they, they, they sound similar but you're not doing enough if if you're not working 12 hours a day you're not working hard enough Uh, you know if if you don't have a to-do list three pages long you're not working hard enough and therefore you're not going to get results and it's about, I think, this idea that there's a, a direct correlation between how long we work, how long our lists are, how much stress we're under, and the results we're going to get. And I actually see in, in wanky entrepreneur land, um, which is kind of the circles that Coxie and I move in with our own coach and our, our mentoring groups and masterminds, the people who have the least on their lists actually get the most done. They get the biggest results
1: yeah i uh, look you, you know this idea that we have to be 100% on 100% of the time is stupidly a 2 or 300 year old working ethic philosophy it comes back from the industrial revolution and when you think of it that way it's like dudes we've moved on from that we should we should have a different ethic and and look i don't know who your wanky entrepreneurial mastermindy groups are but i have a similar experience in my world I've probably earned more money in the last two years, but I've worked less hours. And and so this idea that we correlate, I mean, I still have, you know, my mum and dad still have a very strong, if you're busy, that means you're successful. So she'll ring me and say, so are you busy? And she's hoping I'm going to say, yes, I'm booked out until October. That's what she (laughs) wants to hear. Because for her that means I'm successful. But actually what I've learned is unless I build in adaptive capacity, so I need to have space in my world, so that if I want to adapt, or if I want to take a meeting, or if I want to do a project that just comes out of left field, I never want to be too busy to work with. And so the, that wanky entrepreneurial kind of mindset of go go go, hard hard hard, faster faster faster, better, better better better, more more more, is great. And you end up being that person where I where you call me and say, Hey Donna, can you come on my podcast? And I go, well, I'm very sorry, but I'm completely booked out to October. So I'll get my girl to talk to your girl and we'll make that happen. And I don't know why I'm using that voice. It sounds like an influencer voice, doesn't it? Well, um, but it's for, for me,
0: that uses that voice.
1: <laughs> for tradies, though, just for anyone running their business, If you're too busy to work with, you're too busy to quote, you're too busy to invoice, you're too busy to have conversations, you're too busy, and you might be in meetings, and I know we have kind of meandered away from that a little bit, but Mm. um, if you're just too busy, then you're not able to be doing the things that your future self will thank you for. That's right. You know, having a great pipeline of work in the system, having even, even a people pipeline, having a, you know, Why do we run our own businesses if we're going to work ourselves into the ground? So today we're recording this today on a Friday and this is my adaptive capacity day. It's the day where I do interesting projects or take meetings or, you know, talk about things uh, and I protect it very carefully from Mm. work.
0: Yes. Yeah. Interesting you say that. Um, Coxie and I have had some, had our own lessons in business and, and, uh, it's probably easy for listeners to forget that Nick and I are are in business. You know, yes, we're business coaches, we're mentors, we run a, a program, um, but we're still learning as well, and we make mistakes, and we get burned out. Um, and 2021 was our um, relearning year, I think, as uh, as business owners for Nicole and I, and so we actually arrived at the end of 2021 pretty burned out and over it, to be honest. And it was because we actually dropped the ball on our time structure and honoring some of those boundaries that you're talking about, Donna. Uh, And so same, you know, Fridays for us is recording some podcasts. It's spending time doing business training, looking at new tools for leverage and scalability and um, a little bit of flexi time where you know today i've i've dropped a, a meeting in there goes another meeting um but i've dropped a meeting in with someone to talk about an adventure retreat for some of our clients coming up and you know cool stuff so we we sacrificed all of that last year because we were too busy and it was ridiculous
1: and i think this word busy um i've i've i wrote a blog a while back um i think it needs to be refreshed again maybe around this idea that busy is the new lazy and mm. the idea that we use busy as an excuse, I can't go to the gym, I'm too busy, I can't come to one of your retreats, I'm too busy, I can't listen to this podcast, I'm too busy, right, this busy, busy, busy thing. And so mm. I actually, when I hear someone say that, what I hear is, are uh, you too lazy to do the work to plan your life a little better, <laughs> right? I know it's, I don't say it to their face, I just oh. think it, right? What What I say to their face is... And this is what I'd encourage your listeners to be thinking about. Every time you use the word busy, you know, if you're using it as an excuse, I'm too busy for blah, 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 I'd love you to be saying to yourself, it's actually I can't prioritize that or I'm not prioritizing that. And so if you say I'm too busy for the gym, what you're actually saying is I'm not prioritizing my health. If I'm too busy to go to a retreat, then I'm not prioritizing my business and my future, right? Okay. And, and that that's where it kind of hits you in the guts a little bit, yeah. right? But busy, yeah. is so it's just so easy to say, right?
0: That's absolutely right. So we are here to talk about meetings, I guess, Donna. And I, and I could take us down a thousand rabbit holes today in uh, Coxie's absence. Uh, she generally helps. Does, she, does pick... she
1: normally keep you on the straight and she, narrow? She does, oh, there she you go. Does a
0: reasonably good job of trying to keep me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty determined bloke, and I'm I always manage to take us off on tangents everywhere. So um, I'll try and bring myself back to the whole meeting scenario they they're unavoidable in many cases i think and i'm happy to to stand corrected on this donna maybe you can give me some <laughs> some coaching and some correction but uh yeah you know, coxie and i spend as as you said uh i reckon we would spend probably better than 80% of our time in meetings every week now that that's everything from coaching sessions with our clients to free training webinars for people who have just found out about us sitting here recording podcasts with you. This is a meeting, uh, you know, meetings with each other, partnership meetings, team meetings, meetings with our VA team, meeting with new partners. And by the end of a day, (laughs) I don't want to see another screen. So um, I don't have any trouble staying away from television and and Facebook and everything after hours because I sit in front of a screen all day. In Zoom meetings, essentially, and we do actually—I wouldn't say we struggle, but but I know we could do a better job with our sessions and our meetings, and and keeping them punchy and valuable for everybody. So, can you, I guess, talk to us a bit about maybe it's the evolution of meetings, um, and perhaps where your methods and your perspective comes in on that?
1: Sure. So a couple of things is I'm going to give you a get out of jail free card on a few of those things because I don't count recording this podcast or doing a coaching session because I also coach and mentor people in business and I don't count those as meetings. Oh, thank having that you're welcome. Having said that, um, and to some extent we're following it right now as, as I'm just about to tell you, I still have a structure for any time I'm interacting with another human being in whatever context. So it could be like this morning I did a 25 minute sales call a client you know rings me and says hey we're thinking about booking you for our conference can we have a chat about that right well, I've got a little structure in my head that I immediately run that can keep that meeting to 25 minutes now we're not doing a 25 minute uh podcast recording but we're still following accidentally or otherwise well we'll, you can be the judge of that a little bit of a structure and certainly with my coaching clients I follow the same thing and it's very simple it's called scan focus act Mm. and and the reason I love something so simple like that is it's easy to remember uh, and and it's easy to then readjust what are we meant to be doing in the meeting so the first thing we do and this is look it's, i'm not going to get that technical with you on timing um but i tend to spend whatever time we've allocated 25 minutes or otherwise whatever i spe- i allow about half of it for the scanning so in a let's say a 25 minute meeting I'm to, yeah. i am going to get technical on numbers now 12 oh. minutes of it will be scanning yes. about eight minutes of it will be focus and about five minutes of it will be act um and the reason being is one of the reasons i think meetings end up being a waste of time is we go straight to act we go straight to what are the actions what should we be doing what should we be focused on and we try to constantly be we bring into that meeting the energy of go 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 faster 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 more 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 and so i'm going to ask you to flip it a bit and i'm going to say first of all we scan now in the context of this podcast that's you and I, you you asking me about my background. We get to know each other a little bit on the call. We, we kind of meander a little bit around stuff and we just get a sense of what's going on in the context of our world. And then, then you say something like, right, now let's talk actually about meetings. Well, you might take me down another, you know, little meandering path, but that's the focus part. Now let's get into a little bit of the meat of it. And then at the end, you're probably going to say something like, you know, Donna... How can people find out more about you? The act stuff, right? So even in a podcast, we're following that. Um, but in a, in a workplace meeting, I think that there's three key things I think we, we fail at. One is that we don't clearly define the purpose. Mm. And so from now on and for the rest of your life, I want any of your listeners and for you as well, um, was I want you to be thinking as you're typing or in fact, you haven't sent it yet. You've got your finger over the mouse. You're not sending this yet. And you're going to go, Ah, hang on, by the end of this meeting, it would be great if. Mm. That's it. What's the purpose? It will be great if we made a decision, agreed budget, got alignment, moved forward, whatever that is. At the end of this meeting, it would be great if everyone knows that. Then we can come prepared, right? Mm. The second thing is, uh, is it the right people? So when you think about we want to make this decision, well, well, do we have the decision makers in the room or are we just kind of going to fluff around for a bit and then we have to have another meeting with the decision maker. Oh
0: so gosh, I'd I rather, if you, <laughs> go on. I hate those meetings.
1: I know, right? Meetings for meetings. One of the reasons I was inspired to write the book was I did a bit of, did a stint with a corporate client. And I told my boss, I was having a meeting with someone super senior in the business. She made me have four meetings to prepare for the senior meeting. I'm like, are you kidding? I've got to write a book about this. So here we are.
0: It sounds, um and, and so it sounds awfully like the public service. oh totally is
1: totally is So I want you I'd rather cancel so you know I know we're not canceling today but when I came in and you and I were talking about that Nick you', you you're, Nick's letting you fly solo today um, if Nick was a decision maker we'd be better to postpone it mm. than for you and I to waste our time when it's going to be Nick that's going to need to help us make the call on that, right? So we, right. we sometimes, I think, we book the meeting and because it's booked, well, we better do it even though Was or Nikki's in here to make the decision. I'm going to say cancel that sucker, yeah. right? Straight up.
0: Just because it's in the calendar doesn't mean- we Doesn't mean you do have
1: to do it, right? And just before I do the last the last part of it, I'll just do a little aside here. Um, how, how good does it feel, though, when someone cancels a meeting?
0: <laughs> it's almost a celebration. It's like, oh, my gosh, I just got an hour of
1: my life back. I know, it's awesome. So um, so don't ever be afraid to cancel a meeting because it's probably you going to make someone's day, right, if you cancel a yeah. meeting. Um, but the second thing is you shouldn't ever be at the mercy of other people cancelling your meetings. I'm going to say book a meeting for yourself every day for an hour that you can look forward to, that feeling that feeling of a whole hour where I don't have to be beholden to someone or someone doesn't want a piece of me or I don't have any obligations. I can just use that hour for what I want. So that's a bit of an aside. Um, So yeah, go ahead. Cancel meetings as much as you like. Permission granted from your auntie Donna. Um, The third one is process, which is the scan focus act. So too often we come in. So yes, we've got a purposeful meeting. Yes. We've got the right people. Then we walk in and we sit and look at each other. And, the interesting human condition around meetings, and it became even worse when we were doing them online, is unless you tell me otherwise, I have an assumption of passivity, that I sit, my role is to be passive. So unless you tell me what you want me to do, I walk into the meeting, I sit in the chair or I turn on the camera and I just sit back and I just wait for something to happen. And so what that, that then leads to the person who's convened the meeting Having to do all the heavy lifting, or the person with the loudest voice taken over everything, and so when you have a process, you know, you know, like Scan Focus Act, where you might say, so in the in the meeting request, you're going to say, at the end of this meeting, it would be great if we get alignment on the following on the, on the next actions of the project. Great. Then underneath, you're going to say, and when you come in, I'm going to ask everyone to do a one minute whip around on where they're at. Nice. Right. That's the scan. then then you as the convener are listening for what's in common, what are the themes, is there a a common hold-up somewhere? Um, And then in the focus bit, you go, well, look, we've just heard from everyone. What I've heard is three things. We look like we've got a supply chain issue here, we've got a blocker here, Uh, it looks like some invoices are being held up here and that's affecting a few of you and um, we may be delayed on Project X by the sound of it, which means we need to start to have conversations about Project Y. And so once everyone's done the whip around, you get all that context, you scan, now we can make better decisions. Because if we're not careful, the meeting becomes a waste of time for 80% of participants because it ends up just being Bob airing his grievances for a couple of hours about something, right? And so that's that. you give everyone that head and people will show up ready to play if you do that. Now, there's more to it, but they're the three things that I reckon will get you some cut through straight away.
0: I love it. And uh, it is, uh, for listeners' benefit, the whole podcast structure is something that um, I learned as a a technique and, you know, it, it doesn't always work out. And I'm a fantastic one for tangents and long stories. And, you know, I got my dad's genetic ability to talk for hours about stuff. And so that's actually something that I've had to consciously work on over the years, particularly as a coach where I'm facilitating sessions where the participants need to go away with an outcome or a clear action or some item of value. Otherwise, it has literally been a waste of time and money. And so the podcasts are the same. We do actually have a structure. um, Probably giving away trade secrets here, Donna, but, uh, but every good podcaster... Does the same thing. They have the chit chat at the start. They've got their own brand of of lead in, and there's a bit of you know a bit of that sort of schmooze and tete a tat at the start where we set a bit of the context and the scene, and then we dive into okay, well, what's the meaty bits. And as you said at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you the opportunity to share your stuff. Where can people find out about you? And we'll probably close with you know a quick plug of uh, what we've got coming up at tradies in Business, and that's it. And they always run to time.
1: And so, if I'm not running a podcast, if I'm just running a meeting at work, then it's the same thing. Yeah. So, a lot of people say to me, Oh, 25 minute meetings, we can't be nice to each other anymore. Where's the time to connect? I gotta tell you, I run 25 minute meetings. Most of my meetings, I would say, are there's, there's always exceptions. Do sometimes we need a bit longer? Of course we do. Can I do a strategic plan in a 25 minute meeting? No, I need a couple of days for that. Yeah. So, it's, it, 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 you know, First of all, let, let's just kind of get that out of the way. Not every meeting is a 25-minute meeting. But I still have time. If I know the purpose, this is the purpose is the key to unlock all of this. Because if I know, and, and you put this in the email, so I kind of knew that on our on our thing today. But in any context, if the purpose is in there, there is always time to say, how are the kids? How's the dog? How was your last holiday? How are things going? To to build connection. Mm. And then what you just described, what you called setting context, that's scan. Yes. Right? We've set a bit of context. Now, boom, let's dive into it for a bit. Now, I'm not going to be the time police. If you want to, say, spend less, time, a little bit less time on scan because there's some really good meat you want to get into and the focus, go for your life. But mm. I would say it is at your peril that you don't put some attention on building connection at the beginning and creating a bit of context, getting everyone kind of on the same page at the beginning. And my favourite is the one-minute whip around. And here you go. This is for free. I wasn't going to tell you about this today, um, but I'm going to give you this bit for free, value adding. Bonus. Um, you want to – and this is good for one-on-ones, particularly for whip kind of meetings. What am I working on? Uh, what's blocking me, if anything? And what do I need help with? That's it.
0: Beautiful. We, we do something similar with our tradiepreneurs. Um, in one particular session, we run on a weekly basis for them. It goes for 30 minutes. Um, and they actually pre-submit exactly what you've just Okay. Outlined.
1: Oh, gee, I love it. I love it when that happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's some, uh, you know, crazy synchronicity going on there. But these are techniques that work is to help people get focused. Mm. And there's still plenty of time, as you said, for um, being personable and caring about others. In fact, there's more time for that when we uh, structure the rest I wrote down the word structure here and underlined it 17 times when you said it earlier Donna Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a big uh, well I used to be a a big fanboy of Jocko Willink and um, the whole Echelon Front crew from the US so former Navy SEALs listeners might have heard me talk about them before they now do corporate training and leadership camps and all that sort of stuff and Jocko uh, as a SEAL commander he wrote a book called Discipline Equals Freedom And for me, it it sort of runs a little parallel to that principle that if I'm super disciplined at certain times, it gives me maximum freedom to fluff around as much as I like in other times. But when we're undisciplined all of the time, everything just takes forever. I would completely agree and so
1: my dad was not a navy seal even though he was in the navy but he would say the same thing you know if I was to just kind of trim that back to a very and make and the metaphor may not work but dad was always the eat your veggies first and then the meat second or the bit that you eat the bit you don't like first eat the frog I think is the book they call it so eat the eat the bit first and then and and I'm very much like that I'm I'm a get focused and get a pile of stuff done i call them hours of power i love putting an hour of power in my diary where i just do an hour of power and i'll head down no phone no email no other distractions boom then I, i typically do those towards the end of the day because then i'm free then i get through the stuff that that won't then be on my mind that won't get me losing sleep and waking up in the middle of the night like and and so we, we haven't talked about that. And we, you and I are at real risk. We probably both need, Nick, because I can go down garden paths pretty <laughs> easy as well. But, you know, when people say to me, what are the key things you need to do to be more productive, I'll always say, how's your sleep? Are you fueling yourself right? And are you getting some exercise? Because if you're not doing any of that, then there's no, no to-do list is going to help you fix that, right? So because sleep's so important to me, I do my hour of power in the afternoon so I clear all the stuff that could end up being on my mind. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, cool. so it's a way of giving myself a good so I even I do meal planning, I plan what I'm going to wear, if I've got if I have to go off-site, I'll plan the route the night before yep. so that I'm able to then rest and relax and not kind of wake up with the whole, how am I going to get there? What am I going to wear? Is there going to be parking? What do I need to take? You know, I don't want any of that. I want to sleep like a baby.
0: It's a good old 5p's of getting results. Is it? I'll go on. Tell me that. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. (laughs) Look, I'm totally (laughs) on my language, Donna.
1: Well, no, but it's funny you should say that because I used all the P's in my book. Uh, Purpose, people, punctual, prepared, process, present, participate, produce, and proceed. So it seems that the P P words are all about productivity.
0: (laughs) 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 Now, I want to just um, jump back uh, a little bit. Some things Mm -hmm. that have popped up that I really want to address because... They do seem to be excuses, blockages, barriers for trade business owners, especially, uh, which is 99% of our listeners. Um, And one of them is the old 60 minute default meeting time block. Every cloud-based or even, you know, every online calendar system, when you go to make a meeting, it just makes it an hour. And that's the default setting. And it seems to be people's mental default as well. Can you talk to us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, it actually is. It is It is our both our systemic systems yep. and our mental default settings. You're absolutely right. So a couple of great things is you can change both. What? Uh, actually. No. Yes, you can. So you can change your default settings um, in your meetings to, I think, uh, I think Outlook doesn't let you do 25-minute meetings, but certainly lets you do 30 as your default mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. And I use um, a tool called Calendly, which is where I send a link out and people can then book in with me. And I've got mine set up for 25 minutes so they can book a 25-minute session with me. So I don't, I don't unless, unless anyone comes back to me and says, hey, I think we need an hour, I'm like, okay. Um, it's kind of a boomerang method, if you will. So mm-hmm. if someone comes to me and says, can I have 60 minutes, I'll bounce back and go, nah, you can have 30 So boomerang it back to them. But if they then come back to me then, if it boomerangs back and says, actually, here's the stuff we need to talk about, it's a double whammy. They've now given me purpose. They've outlined a bit of an agenda. They've told me what role they want me to play in it. And, sure, you can have an hour of my precious time if you really want to. But I think so that's the first thing you can change. The the thing in the book that I talk about is um, that uh, scarcity plus clarity creates urgency. Yes. So if we know we've only got 25 minutes and we're clear on our purpose, the sense of urgency will kick in and we'll run that meeting that much better.
0: That's right. Mm. And uh, I heard a, something I hadn't heard before. And in 15 years of, of coaching and mentoring, you hear a lot of stuff. Um, well, I've heard a lot of stuff. I've said a lot of stuff too. <laughs> Regurgitated a lot of stuff. But I, I heard someone talking about Patterson's Law. Um, mainly with respect to to money and finance, um, and I don't know who Patterson was, he was clearly broke because it talks about the fact that um, uh, resources will soak up the available, well, uh, I sorry, it was to do with expenditure. So um, it's the phenomenon where we started our life on a on a salary of thirty grand or a wage of thirty or forty grand, and we seem to live okay. And now we're on 120 and we still seem to be not saving any money and it's like where is all this extra money going i used to live on 40 and so it's about that sort of resources soaking up the available time or money so i don't money. know
1: we could be talking about the same person so i don't i, don't, I hadn't heard it applied to finances but I'm very familiar with Parkinson's law, okay. which well, is about you for correcting time. Me. We, we, it wasn't you know, passive. if you say an hour meeting, you and I'll suck up an hour. Whereas it's, if we say twenty-five minutes, then we'll just we just use the available time. So it could be it could be Patterson and Parkinson plagiarized I think Patterson each was other.
0: Parkinson's cousin and they both had the same idea, but Patterson was the one that I heard about. Parkinson is the real one. So thank you for that. It
1: could be. It could very well be. But then, look, don't hold me. Like, I could be completely wrong. Remember, I'm don't. i trying to remember another. Bartleby, that's the one. Bartleby's law, just remembered it, is the one that says 80% of meetings are a waste of time for 80% of people.
0: Right. So whoever it was was a smart person.
1: Yeah, smarter than me. So that's otherwise there would be McGeorge, the law of McGeorge or Donna's law (laughs) or something. But, no, I don't have any of those. We rely on Patterson, Parkinson, and Bartleby.
0: Was's law does not apply anywhere. So (laughs) um, I guess the the problem is we set these 60-minute meetings, and then not only do we soak up the 60 minutes with with fluff, uh, we go over time because we soaked up the 60 minutes with fluff, get to the end, probably three minutes in and go, right. well, hang on, um, we really need to address this issue before we go. And next minute, it's blown out by 15 or 20 minutes and then we're late for the next one and we just have this perpetual lateness, stress, not getting things done. And then people say to me, oh, all these meetings was, it's killing me. Such a waste of time.
1: I say, um, I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if you just deleted the lot.
0: Now, I know someone...
1: Some of your listeners just vomited a bit in their mouths at the thought of doing something like that. But seriously, I wonder what would happen if you just deleted it, like just just declined every meeting and just cleared your diary and then just see what came back.
0: Ooh, right. wow. Just see
1: what comes back. Um, now, I know the head of Atlassian did this, um, head of Atlassian, might have been the HR head of Atlassian, actually, because I heard, heard them speak at an HR conference where they just, they just literally cancelled every meeting out of their diary. And for a couple of days, no one noticed because they just, you know, they just, the person just didn't show up to meetings and everyone just got along with stuff. And then they suddenly started to know, oh, hang on a second, they've just said no to all of this stuff. Um, So that was one thing that they did, just cancel them all and just see what comes back and people will be a lot more discerning about what they come back with because Mm. they'll have to just try a little bit harder than just the default. Mm. And the second thing this person does is they decline every meeting out of hand and they only accept the ones that come back with more information. So if you'd booked a meeting with me and it said, hey, Donna, can we talk about Project X, I just decline it. And then you're going to go, hang on a second, I need to talk to Donna about that. So then you're going to reply to me in an email that says, hey, Donna, I see you this meeting. I really need to talk to you about blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to go, okay, fine. I'll take Thanks that for meeting. not
0: declining our podcast booking,
1: No, I? no problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My self-esteem would have taken a massive hit.
1: i are going to give your, your listeners a little tip because uh, sometimes the meeting is called by, it's outside of your control, right? So it might be a client that's booked the one hour um, so a couple of things you can do. You you don't have to tell them, you know, don't announce at the beginning, excuse me, I'm gonna run this meeting as a 25 minute meeting. Don't tell them that. Just run it as a scan focus act and make it a bit of a game for yourself. How many one hour meetings? Because no one's gonna say, let's fill in the time. I'm like we've we've done what we need to do on the half hour, let's just hang out together. Everyone's gonna be grateful for the extra half hour you give them back in their life. It's like having a meeting camp. That's a great point. So just run it like a 25 anyway. And then another one, I learned this when I worked in a large automotive manufacturing organization, a global organization, and, and I'd sit down and someone very busy and important would walk in and they'd say, I've got a hard stop at 1230 and everyone would go, oh, okay. And boom, we'd get a whole bunch of stuff done. Now the hard stop was lunch.
0: <laughs> yes, I was just thinking, I have a hard stop at 1230 most days too. Right. It's me going and taking a lunch break.
1: And, but this notion of I have a hard stop at suddenly creates, that's kind of the scarcity, clarity, urgency thing, right? Mm. It just suddenly goes, oh, well, we better get focused. Yes. And so I would say to you, you can, if you find yourself thinking, oh, look, I don't really want to do an hour in this meeting, but it's a bit out of my control, you could say right at the very beginning, hey, everyone, I'm really sorry, I've got a hard stop at 12.30 or 11.30 or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. you just watch how much stuff people will get done in that time.
0: I love how this lines up with uh, again something we talk with our tradiepreneur community members about called time blocking, and that's really all it that. is. It's just blocking an amount of time in advance for a task. Sit down, and and we often encourage people to set an alarm, uh, set a timer with you know ten minutes to go or something, and like be focused on the time. That you've given yourself to get the invoice done or the quote advanced to a certain stage and when time's up time's up stop and move to the Mm. next task now that can create its own problems it's not perfect um something i want to talk about so the hour default we can change that we can change our calendar we can put a hard stop in the other thing that i do hear from a lot of people is and this is a bit of a limiting belief that i think a lot of people have but donna you're just better at running these meetings and directing people you know i find it really hard to keep people on track or i just don't have those skills or that's not my personality what do you say to that water croc <laughs> i was wondering where you were gonna go with that
1: <laughs> i'll be a bit nicer um what what i hear is i haven't yet learned how to do that that's okay. what i hear and so um, because if it's possible in the world, it's possible for anyone, it's just a question of how. And yes. and so if you look at someone, so if someone was saying to me, oh, Donna, you're just, I don't know, you're just lucky or you're just skilled or you're just, you know, you've got a natural ability to oh, do whatever, gosh. right? I'm going to, uh, well, i I going and say, no, I've got 20 years, 30 years under my belt with this. And it was my choice to focus on, things like productivity, managing time, running meetings, being a facilitator, trainer, coach, whatever, their skills I wanted to learn, this is the same. So if I was a leader you know, or a business owner and I'm about to start having a crack at 25-minute meetings, the first thing I'm going to say to my team is we're all learning this together. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable and say I've just heard this podcast, I'd love to try 25-minute meetings, I've never done it before. I'm going to try a couple of processes that the, you know, the guests suggested um, and we're just going to have a crack and see how we go because, you know, the other P that might be everywhere on it, you know, we've got all the P's around productivity. It's practice. Yeah. Right. That's that you just have, it's not that you're not good at it. It's just, you have not yet learned it. That's Mm.
0: it. And maybe haven't started practicing Mm. yet Mm. because nobody picks up the guitar when they're seven years of age for the first time and cranks out a Tommy Emmanuel tune flawlessly. I reckon
1: there was a kid that did that though once. Do you remember don't, years don't ago? Don't shatter that...
0: my coaching. Sorry,
1: team. there was a kid. couple of his name right now. <laughs>
0: But in reality, they were probably exposed to it in some Correct. other way.
1: Absolutely. So the metaphor still stands. I'm sorry, I shouldn't I'm have done that.
0: myself um, right. There you go. No, but, it's, the, it's, it's the
1: overnight success fallacy, right? The Beatles oh. were not an overnight success. They'd spent 10 years in Hamburg or whatever, right? It's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. that. And yeah. so anytime you're looking at someone, I mean, that's a, it's a bit of a victim-y kind of mindset, still trying to be nice. I don't want to make enemies here. Um, but this notion of, oh, they're just lucky or they're just natural or they're just whatever, it's like, oh, come on and, and no you know if i wanted to learn guitar i can go learn guitar but i want to learn how to do better meetings you know
0: maybe i get donna maybe i get donna
1: mcgeorge's book oh, oh, little plug
0: feel the segue, donna nice segue i'm just going to quickly poke another little reference in here i love um timothy Ferris's perspective mm. on some of this stuff where he basically calls bullshit on this idea that it takes 20 years to learn the guitar or to speak fluent Italian or whatever. And he's actually proved it. He's a bit of a freak, and he's proved that with... Uh, I think twenty percent of something you can get eighty percent of the results. It's the old Pareto principle. Really, um, and you can do it in a, quite a short space of time if you have the intent and the focus, and you make the time for it. So
1: it's the excuse we tell ourselves. I had I had a coaching client this week who says I just I know I need to read more, and I said, well, what's preventing you from reading? And she says, oh, well, I'm just too busy, mm-hmm. and I don't have the time to read it properly. And I said, what do you mean read it properly? She goes, when I read a book, I have to have a highlighter in hand and I want to underline, highlight, and make notes. I'm like, well, all power to you, but that's going to hold you back. So that's like saying that's, I've got 100% to it. I said, why don't you just do the 20% bit, just read a couple yeah. of chapters. Um, yeah. So I'm also a huge fan of Tim Ferriss. And this idea of the, the 10,000 hours is where it came from. And I heard, um, and I need to turn around because his book's up here, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. It was Malcolm yes, Gladwell likewise. that put that out there around this 10,000 hours. But it got so misunderstood because 10,000 hours, let's say tennis, 10,000 hours is going to get you to, a, say, a Roger Federer level. But if you just want to have a good hit on the court, mm. a, a couple of hours a week will do that. So he's mm. he's also had to come out and debunk this idea that it takes 20 years or 10,000 hours or whatever to be amazing because you're absolutely right. 20% will get you started. And- oh, that's, In fact, sorry, I'm a bit excited. I'm saying here for you, I need to put this on a baseball cap, momentum trumps motivation. Yes. So that 20% of momentum, it will be enough to get you motivated to then become the expert should you choose to.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a great post from one of our tradepreneurs and I know I bang on, listeners, about our tradeypreneurs, and it is because I love them, and I think our community is wonderful, and and I am literally humbled um, by the change that our clients make on a daily basis, and the the challenges that they confront and smash through with momentum. And mm. a classic example of that is one of our members set. A health and a wellness goal Um, and and it's like you're saying Donna you know if you're not sleeping if you're not moving and if you're not um, feeding your body well then you're not going to perform well in the other areas of your life or business and so one of their health goals was to actually get consistent with their attendance at the gym they go and do strength sessions and for six weeks I think she said she's done three a week for six weeks and and I jumped on that and said that's fantastic it's it's now a habit And so that's akin to momentum. Once it becomes a habit, that's kind of like Mm -hmm. momentum. And that will smash through the morning you wake up and go, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym. And something in that person will probably go, and probably is already, go, get out of bed, you lazy sod, and go to the damn gym. Because it's now habitual to just overcome that, I feel. that Mm. momentum you know when you've been running 25 minute meetings for three or four weeks maybe they went 37 minutes but you're you're following the you know scan focus act um system i guess it becomes habitual and that generates momentum Uh, and then that'll actually smash through a whole bunch of barriers that pop up along the way that's my feeling
1: it totally will so why i believe momentum trumps motivation is if i'm lying in bed waiting to feel motivated to go to the gym potentially. I'm not, I could be waiting a really long time, but if I've set the momentum thing in play, the thing Mm. that happens with momentum, yes, it's the habit, but then also there's this weird commitment thing that happens in our head. So I, so your client that's gone three days a week for six weeks, did you say? Mm. Yes. Um, The day she doesn't feel like going, she says to herself, well, I don't want to bust my
0: my yes. record.
1: Yes. Right. So it's not just about I'm feeling motivated. It's like, oh, I've got this record and I don't want to have to say to someone, oh, I broke my streak. Yeah. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, rats.
0: Yes. Yeah. All right, Donna. So um, I think it's appropriate on a podcast about time that uh, it's about time that I asked you my, my magical famous question. Now, you don't know about this, and no no guest knows about this question coming onto the show unless they've been very studious and listened to lots of episodes, (laughs) which I don't expect anybody to do. And you'll be able to, you'll ace this, I'm sure. Speaking about tennis, uh, boom, boom. So, Donna, if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what's one piece of advice you would love to leave them with?
1: Sure. Um, Do something every day that your future self will thank you for. Ooh, and like whether it. that is um, block time blocking, as you talked about, whether it's protecting going to the gym, whether it's having a difficult conversation, it's what could you do each day that your future self will thank you for.
0: I love that. I love that. I'm glad I got out of bed this morning and did my movement because I, <laughs> I would have been feeling very sheepish sitting here. Um, now, you did mention before you are a prolific author, um, you've got some fantastic content out there, not just about time uh, and 25-minute meetings, I guess, um, but I get across that whole topic. So where can our listeners go to find out more about you, about your content, about your programs, et cetera?
1: I think the easiest thing is just com. That's kind of the aggregator of most of what I do. Um, the I'm a shameless self-promoter on social media, so and I've got an unusual name. So if you go Google Donna McGeorge, you're going to get 150,000 hits. So find me on social media, follow me. I'm always sharing stuff on productivity tips thoughts etc the books the three books that i think are relevant for for what we've been talking about today uh, is the 25 minute meeting the first two hours and the one day refund um, and you know meetings is about how do i free up a bit more time um in my day to do things i should be doing mm. the the first two hours book is about how do i structure my day according to the clock in my body not the one on the wall and the one day refund speaks to the notion that what you know why are we feeling overwhelmed out of control and at risk of failing at the important things? And it kind of works to this idea. Tim Ferriss would probably love it. The idea of what would happen if I worked half the amount of time, but still got twice the results. So Mm. it begs the question around, we don't have to be hundred percent on hundred percent of the time. So they're the three. You can get those from my websites or any good book retailer online or otherwise.
0: Love it Donna. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Listeners, it uh, as this episode goes to air, our Chaos to Control Challenge has already started, but don't despair. Um, you can still register. It runs for five days. And we've made them 30-minute sessions. So you've got Coxie and I for 30 minutes a day for five days, well, four now if you, if you listen to this uh, on the day it's released, um, where we're going to share with you just uh, five simple lessons that are going to help you take your business from chaos to control in just 90 days. So if you go to our website, you'll see the pop-up there, and you can still register. There is a $1,000 worth of business tools and training that you get just for showing up. Um, so do jump on that and again Donna thank you so much for your time today as we finish right on the nose
1: my pleasure thanks for having me Was <laughs> thanks Donna you've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox find out more about today's guest tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at